You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Central Alabama. It is time once again for Southern Fried Sports. On your home for University of Alabama Athletics, Tide 100.9 FM, Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the 247sports.com network. We're with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show is always brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. You got that special birthday, that special occasion. You need that special gift, that special something for that special someone. Peterbrook Chocolatier, they can take great care of you. Peterbrook Chocolatier, they do those uh, chocolate-dipped wine bottles. You bring in your favorite bottle of wine, maybe it's a gift for someone, and they'll dip it in chocolate for you. And they do it in a way in which when you... Uh, uh, take apart the the wrapping there on the wine bottle. You get the chocolate right down there in the plastic uh, coating, the covering there, and you're able to easily consume the chocolate to go along with that great bottle of wine. So there you go. A gift idea, a birthday idea for you there at Peter Rook Chocolatier. Joined on the program by the executive producer of SFS, Jacob Harrison, who together we combine to form the 60 bit of beer. Of Sports Talk Radio. Jacob, I went to the Japanese Steakhouse last night for the American pastime, the American tradition, unlike any other, that of course being the birthday dinner at the Japanese Steakhouse. What's your Japanese Steakhouse go-to? If you're, if you're say, Hokkaido or somewhere, what, what are you going with? What's the dinner? Is there an appetizer? The fried rice? What are you doing? What's the call? Well, I haven't actually been to uh, one in quite some time. We have a sticks down in Baldwin County, and I, and, and I only went there a, a couple of times. But, you know, a, uh-huh. you can't go wrong with tempura shrimp or, or chicken or, you know, that sort of things. But I, I'm, yeah. I'm generally, a, you know, let's just go get, you know, a, a good Chinese plate and I guess some chow mein and orange chicken, that sort of thing. Can't beat that. Can't beat that. Uh, I hadn't been to the Japanese Steakhouse in quite some time myself, but the oldest, Evan Ryer, 25 years old on Sunday. Evan hit quarter century. I'm not that old, am I? Can I have a kid that's 25 years old? Well, I do. And so he requested the Japanese Steakhouse for the birthday, which I appreciated because I hadn't been there in a while. And I'm with you. I went with the standard chicken and shrimp, the fried rice, the vegetables. I uh, try not to consume too much of that soup. You know, just that broth that they give you there early in the meal. They do that to fill you up even more, you know, fill you up with that soup. I do like the salad. Very simple, but it's got that ginger dressing on it. I enjoy that. I enjoy the salad. And then uh, we did have some to-go. I mean, they load you up. They load you up at the Japanese Steakhouse. And by the way, with this weather, there will be some birthday golf later this afternoon with Evan Ryer. We're going to get out there. It's going to be a little bit later but how do you not hit the golf course today? I mean, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's going to get up into the low 70s later this afternoon. Kind of become more of a ceremonial golfer as well. You know, not a guy that gets out there and really grinds like I used to. My friends don't like to play with me as much because I don't take it as seriously. You know, I got friends. They still play like 
we're being televised, like our foursome is being televised on the Golf Channel, I always tell them, nobody cares about your golf game. You know, nobody cares what you shoot. And as Pop says, most of these people cheat anyway, right? So nobody cares. Just go out there, play golf for the fun of it. Take in the weather, have a good time, maybe have a cold drink or two, and uh, keep it fun. Keep it fun. Hey, a lot of other things to get into on the program as well today. We'll have Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News coming up in just a little bit. We'll do our weekly tour of the Southeastern Conference with Brent. you got spring football practice going at a couple of places. And, of course, we'll also get into some college basketball talk with Brent. Big news here in the last hour or so. Alabama men's basketball highly rewarded for its regular season. SEC championship. Nate Oates is your SEC coach of the year. Herb Jones, SEC player of the year. Pretty incredible feat in this era of basketball to do it, averaging 10.9 per game from a scoring perspective. But it also tells you how well-rounded Herb is as a basketball player, whether it's rebounding, whether it's steals, whether it's assists. All those things, Herb Jones, when you look at SEC statistics and certainly from the team vantage point with Alabama, Herb a leader in just about all of those categories. So congratulations to Herb Jones. Defensively outstanding. Uh, Nate Oates in year two is the SEC coach of the year. Uh, you also have Jaden Shackelford as a second team choice by the league coaches. You also have John Petty as a first team selection there as an all SEC player. Um, freshman team, you see Josh Primo on that list. No sixth man of the year, I guess, in the Southeastern Conference. Not at least from the perspective of the coaches and the AP. Uh, if there were, I think you could certainly make a strong case for Javon Quinterly in that spot, couldn't you? Yeah, I think you could. So we'll talk with Brent about all that. We'll talk some Ali Caho. Ali Caho now headed to UCLA, and I can't blame him, man. If you've ever been out to Westwood, you've been out to that area of the UCLA campus. I love Salt Lake City. I'm a big Salt Lake fan, you know, and it looked like Ali Caho was headed to the Utes originally after hitting the transfer portal after three seasons at Alabama. But instead, Ali Caho tells us Tuesday night that he is going to be a Bruin under Chip Kelly out there in Westwood. So we'll talk with Brent about that. We'll also get into the opposing coaches on Alabama's 2021 football schedule. With Brent, we'll also talk some Alabama defensive line in advance of upcoming spring drills. All that with Brent Beard coming up in just a little bit. Man, it was uh, it's payday time. I guess it's a couple of different ways, Jacob. You're either getting cut, you're getting released, or you're signing new deals, or getting tagged in the NFL here in the last couple of days. Dak Prescott, congrats to Dak. Four years, 160 mil. 126 guaranteed. It's always about the guaranteed money, kids. And apparently Dak's going to get $75 million in the first year of the deal. And the Cowboys put themselves in that position. Talked with Gary Harris about this in the previous half hour on his program. Cowboys kind of put it, they did it to themselves. Joneses did it to themselves. Are you going to tag him again and pay him $38, $38 million coming off a significant injury? Uh, so thinking big picture with Dak, hoping, I think, big picture with Dak. Dak's been solid, I would say. You know, and when you break down the analytics and you look at sort of the measurables that seem to matter most these days when evaluating quarterbacks, Dak is right there. And if you're a top-ten quarterback in this league right now, you're going to demand the big dollars, the huge money. It's the quarterbacks and everybody else in the National Football League. And Dak uh, – Dak being rewarded as such. Four years, $160 million. Cam Robinson, we talked with Pops about this last Friday on the program. We gave gave Pops the opportunity to give us a temp check on the fan base down there where Cam Robinson was concerned. The former Alabama offensive tackle, one of those four Outland Trophy winners for UA since 2008. Cam's had very much an up-and-down start to his NFL career. Had the really good rookie season in 2017. ACL in 18 didn't exactly bounce back from that exceedingly well in 19. The Jaguars, as a team, as we know, sucked entirely 
in 2020. So really tough to sort of evaluate Cam through the first four years. But if we're going to go beyond the quarterback position and talk about value in the National Football League, Cam Robinson's at the right spot. Left tackle. Not that you can get away these days with just being a turnstile of a pass protector on the right side because NFL teams more so than ever are making sure they've got two edge guys. It used to be you could have just one edge guy. You know, you could have Lawrence Taylor and he could dominate a game as sort of a singular edge pass rusher. Can't do that as much anymore. You got to have two. So you really need that right tackle to be more than serviceable in pass pro. But Cam gets the franchise tag down in Jacksonville today. And with that, he is looking at a 2021 salary somewhere in the neighborhood of, I guess, 14 million, 15 million, which he got the feeling that's what he was probably willing to take in a new deal from the Jaguars. And the Jaguars may have been thinking, uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of two, three, four million a year less than that for Cam for a second deal. And with that, Cam will be. Uh, franchised by the Jacks, who are expected to break in a rookie quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. So kind of important to have that left tackle in place. thing you worry about with Cam as a franchise guy is that in more than a few instances, franchise-tagged players uh, will sit out until the start of camp. And so you'd really like to have Cam there if you're going to take Trevor Lawrence and you get into OTAs and things like that. 205-409-7877. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio. And by the way, if you would like to check in, it is a Taco Tuesday. I've talked about Taco Tuesday in the pro- on the program in the past. Not exactly a huge fan of Taco Tuesday, especially when it comes to restauranting Taco Tuesday. But a special Taco Tuesday around Casa de Ryer on Tuesday night. That red fish from over the weekend... Guess what it's going to be tonight? It was black and red fish on Sunday night, first thing. It was swimming Saturday. It was black and red fish Sunday night. And tonight, it's going to be uh, red fish tacos. That's my kind of Taco Tuesday. Now, we'll cheat a little bit. We'll hit one of the local restaurants for the salsa, you know, maybe a few of the side things. We will cheat. But as far as the starring attraction, the marquee, that redfish, man. Going to go on those tacos tonight. Coming up next, though, we're going to talk with Brent Beard, College Sports Today and First Coast News, when a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports returns right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider for Alabama athletics. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama goalkeeper McKinley Crone has been announced as the SEC Defensive Player of the Week. A native of Maitland, Florida, Crone helped the Crimson Tide do a pair of shutout wins this past week. She collected two saves against Montevallo that helped the Crimson Tide do a 1-0 victory over the Falcons last Thursday. And Alabama's most recent game against Lipscomb, Cone registered three saves, including a critical save in the 44th minute to keep the Bison scoreless. Alabama would go on to a 1-0 overtime win. The Crimson Tide goalkeeper has not allowed a goal in 363 consecutive minutes and has four straight clean sheets to begin the 2021 spring season. The Crimson Tide is back in action on Saturday in Bossier City, Louisiana, as they face Texas Tech at 2 p.m. Central in the neutral site pairing. I'll have more in a moment. Tradition is built by doing the right things over and over again. At Alabama, this means 27 SEC championships and 17 national titles. Well, at Dex Imaging, this means taking great care of our customers day in and day out. Dex Imaging has a tradition of providing quality office equipment at a fair price with quick, reliable service. Put Dex Imaging's tradition of satisfied customers to work for your business. Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider of the Crimson Tide. 
Alabama baseball returns to action tonight, hosting South Alabama at 6 p.m. at Sewell Thomas Stadium, with radio coverage beginning at 5.55 p.m. across the network. Alabama is off to a 10-2 start to the season after a series win over the weekend at the College of Charleston. Alabama will also play Jacksonville State at home on Wednesday before hosting Stetson this weekend. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Dex Imaging. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports. Marvelous March weather continues today with a sunny sky, the high 76. Clear tonight with a low at 45. Tomorrow's sunny with a high at 79. Then for Thursday and Friday, partially sunny both days with warm afternoons. Highs between 79 and 82. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 64 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com. We're with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. We are obviously on Tuesdays college football and college basketball heavy and joining us to do that on a weekly basis. Mr. Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News. Also, of course, Brent, a longtime voter for the Heisman trophy as well so with that we welcome brent onto the program and officially march now brent as we talked about (laughs) yesterday on the program we have conference tournaments galore and as we saw earlier this morning we have some sec individual honors and i gotta be honest late december i didn't exactly see the alabama program being as highly decorated as what we've seen so far today Boy, it really has been, hasn't it? Uh, Trev, always good to be with you. Great weather down here, uh, included with uh, uh, some spring football going on and spring hoops. We've got also got the players. Uh, I'm jealous. Which, uh, jealous which, about uh, that. Yeah. Uh, well, which tremendous, Trev, as you know, it's tremendous weather coming up from Thursday to Sunday. But, yeah, the uh, uh, what a great week with uh, Nashville being the hot spot for the SEC tournament, uh, certainly for – uh, the job that uh, Herb Jones has done. Uh, I, I tell, you, tell you what, Trav, uh, player of the year, first team, uh, which obviously would go along with that, defensive prowess, uh, and, and some of his teammates. That, that's, that, that's pretty good Pretty good first team all the way around for the SEC, is it not? Yeah, you know, back in late December when this team was struggling heading into Conference play, you could still envision Herb representing UA either as a first yeah. team, as a second team, all SEC, probably even as the defensive player of the year. Um, but to see Nate Oates as the coach of the year, um, to see John Petty, you talk about a crossroads sort of moment there in late December, that was exactly the time in which yeah. Petty seemed to, to find it and get it going and, you know, Jaden Shackelford certainly deserving of second team honors. Uh, the all freshman team, you see Josh Primo on there. Uh, so it kind of played out. If Alabama was going to do what it's done, it played out from an individual standpoint exactly the way it needed to be and not to detract from these honors by bringing football into it. But in my lifetime, at least, Brent, I can't remember Alabama football and Alabama, Alabama men's basketball in the same season, same academic athletic calendar year, being as decorated, as highly decorated as these two teams have been. Well, and obviously the last two times they won titles uh, during the regular season, 75-76, in that basketball team that almost beat Indiana and Bob Knight during that time. But it is a tremendous uh, opportunity for Alabama. And just, and, and again, Trav, 
I, uh, we can't help but do this because of uh, uh, of who we're covering here. But uh, this 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 Alabama team in NATO's second year reminds me so much of Nick Saban's uh, 08 team uh, that won the uh, SEC at that point too. Uh, well, or uh, or played for it. Let me say, but uh, it it is. Incredible, and and I'm glad you mentioned Shackelford, um, because I, Trav, I'll be honest with you. Toward the end of the season, uh, I think you can make a a debate that Shackelford uh, was uh, certainly one of the more not only deserving but one of the more dependable guys on this team. That really, almost, almost at times, uh, very quietly uh, scored twenty something points almost in every game. Yeah, very good at home at Coleman Coliseum in conference play, Jaden Shackelford. I don't think we've seen a six-man award from the coaches or the AP in these all-SEC teams, but Javon Quinterly. Yeah. And that would certainly be a guy that would absolutely qualify uh, from that perspective. But, you know, also fascinating, no Kentucky representation on these (laughs) teams. And so uh, to see Alabama all up and down, these honors and no Kentucky uh, that's sort of a reversal from the fall what you kind of expect um, but absolutely well deserved across the uh, the honors for for Alabama men's basketball hey Brent at this point with everything that this team has accomplished both as a team and and individually is there a scenario really in which you could even view this campaign as uh, disappointing in some way. I, I say that because we go into postseason play now. Uh, you know, does this team, how much more does this team need to accomplish for this season to be one for all time? Is it the Sweet 16? Is it uh, an SEC tournament run to go along with that? Uh, what takes this team uh, in the lore of Alabama men's basketball from good to great, I guess I'm saying? where the postseason is concerned, or does it need to really do anything else? I think if they were to get to Sunday for the SEC tournament championship, and again, they haven't won the tournament championship. Trevor, help me on this. I think since like 91. Uh, I mean, it's been an unbelievable long time, uh, particularly when we remember Wilp Sanderson going back to back to back uh, with – Robert Ory and Trail Sprewell and some of that crew, but I, I would say that they that they certainly. I mean, if you're if you're going to be a number two seed, uh, I think Sweet Sixteen uh, that this team is very capable uh, of doing that. I mean, they've got to be careful because they've got a, a habit to playing to the level of the competition, and they don't need to uh, to mess up. Playing a being a two and playing a fifteen, so I, I, I would say to that um, it'd just be icing on the cake if you could make it to Sunday uh, for this week and make it to the Sweet Sixteen uh, with uh, some real promise in the NCAA tournament. Let's shift to some college football talk. Obviously, Les Miles has been in headlines for all the wrong reasons, although. I think if you're an LSU fan right now, with everything that has been hanging over that program, to it involve just less miles at this point, as you know, sort of yeah. abhorrent yeah. as the allegations are, and understanding that, uh, you, you're, you're not all that upset if you're an LSU fan right now. Again, understanding what he is alleged of uh, doing is is abhorrent, but. Uh, less at this point, I, I think this is just more about, you know, a fall from grace for Les Miles. Uh, he had pretty much hit a point of irrelevancy in the coaching ranks out at KU. So for me anyway, this is more about what he is alleged to have done and how this has led to his ultimate demise, you would think, as a college football coach. Listen, he could have stayed in that Kansas job, Trav, for, for, probably indefinitely, uh, because frankly, they just don't care. Uh, but, you know, people forget, I know you remember this vividly like I do, Trav, there was a time in his career at LSU, along about the time that, unfortunately, these 
um, uh, accusations were going on that, he, I mean, he was a talk of college football, was he not? I mean, eating the, mm-hmm. e- eating the grass and all the uh, ridiculous things that he would say in press conferences, uh, the, uh, the, the Michigan debacle, I still think he was probably going to Michigan and Kirk Herbstreit just heard about it and called him on it. It is basically what happened during that time. Uh, but you know, the, the, the awful thing about this too is, uh, Les was like a lot of guys, uh, that he got a lot of power. He got a lot of money and went to his head and he thought he could get by pretty much with whatever he wanted to do. Uh, that's already happened before with coaches. Uh, but look, your point's a good one because all this attention on less takes away some of the attention on LSU from that press conference they had Friday. And, and Trev, you and I both know too, there's no way in the world that this Title IX stuff is over. And I'm still hearing, I'm curious if you are too, that, that, that the, the reality is, uh, Trev, this stuff could get very ugly for LSU over the next few months. Yeah, even with this recent news involving Les Miles, I don't think you can exactly take a, a deep breath or take a no, you know or let out an expansive sigh if you're an LSU fan or an LSU administrator, probably more specifically. Hey, we talk about Les Miles. Let's talk about some opposing coaches on Alabama's 2021 schedule. Interesting because, once again, there is turnover in a year in which you didn't anticipate much. Well, you look at, well, look at Auburn, look at Tennessee, look at Alabama's two chief rivals for more on that. But I recently did a top five ranking of Alabama opposing coaches for the 2021 season. And, you know, when you get sort of in the middle of the league right now and you start looking at maybe, say, nine through six or five, that's where it gets a little bit interesting. I don't know exactly what you do with Josh Heupel at this point yeah. based on his body of work at the G5 level. Same for Brian Harson, uh, coming from Boise State, heading to Auburn uh, to take over for Gus Malzahn. Um so kind of in that five hole, I had a few guys I had under consideration. Sam Pittman sure. I had in that mix. I thought it was very impressive what he did relative to what he inherited there at Arkansas in his first season in Fayetteville. But I landed on two guys really in that four or five range. For me anyway, it was Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin there yeah. at the bottom yeah. of the top five. I, how would you see that maybe at the bottom of that list more so than – at the top, where we're going to get into some guys who would you would probably expect. Well, I, I, and you mentioned one of them in Pittman. Uh, great start. Uh, and as we talked last week with those super seniors, they've got 10 of those guys coming back. So now, obviously, they'll have to kind of retool at quarterback and some other positions. But I think the, uh, the, the, the question is going to be is how, how does – um, uh, Pittman at this point, how much, how much further can they improve? Uh, they're not going to win the game, but can they play better uh, at this point? Uh, I, I would certainly agree. Um, and I still think, and, and if you if you look at Leach's record in his career, his second and third year, he actually did very well. Uh, when he was at Washington State and when he was also at Texas Tech. So uh, I think you could look at that. But And again, Trump, uh, Ole Miss, double-digit super seniors coming back. And, and, and listen, the thing that, that's caught my eye above, any, above anything, and I'm sure it has yours too, they have done – I'm not saying that they're going to be great, but they've done a lot of work defensively. They, they, they've got some – transfers on that defensive line that they spent a lot of time in recruiting on that defense. So my question is, we know what they're going to be with Matt Corral, but Trav, how much more dangerous would that team be if they could stop somebody? Yeah, they've been active in that transfer portal. Went and got a linebacker from Maryland, I believe, and done some different things. And you're right about the super seniors or COVID seniors, as some folks refer to them, uh, bring back a lot of those guys for that extra, that free year they're going to cash in out there in Oxford. But offensively, that's where you obviously 
look at first. And with Matt Corral back at quarterback, with Jerry and Ely back at running back, I really like Snoop Connor Absolutely. also at the running back position. Uh, I think Dontarius Drummond is one of those guys that they got back at the wide receiver spot. Jonathan Mingo is a real talent at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Got to replace, obviously, Elijah Moore, uh, Kenny Yaboa at tight end. So they lose some key pieces skill-wise. But you kind of just anticipate Lane and, and Levy are going to have you know replacements and, and keep that thing rolling. I'm, I'm fascinated to see what John Rice Plumley is oh, going to yeah. bring to that offense Absolutely. in 2021 because you get the feeling Lane's going to do some things with him. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. And, with his athleticism and his speed and those things. So, you know, those were my four or five guys. Now, the top three, talking about just opposing coaches sure. on Alabama's 2021 schedule. No Manny Diaz on the list, by the way. Came up yes. a little bit short yes. in the top five. <laughs> but I guess it's Mullen, it's Fisher, and you still have to put Orgeron, yeah. to me, in that top three, based on resume alone. Uh, how do you see that in terms of a top three? Three opposing coaches on Alabama's schedule. I, look, I'll take Mullen on that uh, and start uh, talking about him first. And I, and I dovetail that with the comments that he made yesterday, talking, quote, there's a lot of throws Emory can make that Kyle could not make. Uh, wow. I, I thought, I, I thought, I thought, what in the world? Uh, I, and I'm sure that some of that's trying to build confidence. And again, we haven't seen Emory Jones throw the ball a lot. Uh, but Trev, I'll put it, I, I'll put your question like this. Uh, now, I, I would say probably the, the, the opposing coach with the most pressure is going to be Jimbo because that game is going to be at College Station and he's expected to really turn the corner this year. But I'll say the same thing. Could, could we say the same thing about Mullen? That game's in Gainesville. Uh, that, that's a real opportunity for them. They they, they, they win their division. They play Alabama close. Uh, Trev, I think there's as much pressure to, to win, to, to beat Alabama uh, in some ways uh, that uh, it, it, I think he's second, uh, and, I, and I would put Jimbo first in that category. Yeah, I think I got to go. I win, actually, Jimbo at the top of the list. And, um you know, Orgeron, it's it's an enigma at this point yeah. because we're still so fresh from that 15 and 0 season. You can't you can't overlook that. I mean, just a historic no. team just a couple of seasons ago. And then you know, when you look at O and Mullen side by side, with everything that's happened here of late, O still won two straight over Dan yep. Mullen. You know, sure got him in Baton Rouge uh, two years ago, and then that upset. Uh, monumentous upset last yes. December yes. over the Gators um, with Max Johnson in there at the quarterback position. So uh, I went Fisher one, still went O two, and I went uh, Mullen third in that top five. I, I'm still wondering uh, that, and, and we've touched on this a minute ago, where that program is going to be, particularly with O. Uh, and again, we've still got six months until September, but I'm just saying, Trav, and again, uh, people need to understand this. If this Title IX thing falls on his head uh, yeah. as, as hard as it could be, where might that program be in September? Yeah, I had to go ahead and get these rankings out before all that. Yeah, absolutely. Know, uh, yeah, not quite sure what it might look oh. like for O and, and LSU in August or September. Coming up down the road, talking with Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News on a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Uh, Ali Kaho, apparently Ali is going to play for, well, a couple of teams in the Pac-12 <laughs> or so it appeared. The Alabama transfer yeah. first destined for the University of Utah tells us via social media on Tuesday night that he will, in fact, I can't blame him for this. I've been to Salt Lake City and I've been to yeah. Westwood. I've been yeah. to that UCLA campus. Um, Salt Lake's great. Don't get me wrong. I love Salt Lake City. Uh, University of Utah campus, pretty cool out sits there, uh, sort of in connection with downtown Salt Lake. But UCLA, man, you got a spot at UCLA. It's hard to say no to that. And it appears as, as if Caho, uh, after starting our – Fall starting his career at the University of Washington, 
plays three seasons at Alabama, commits to Utah, now is headed to UCLA. So that's three of the Big 12 he's got uh, in his rearview mirror. Uh, Ali Cahoe at Alabama, kind of a tough situation. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it before when he went into the portal, had a window there kind of in September of 2019 after Dylan Moses had gone out for the season in fall camp, after Josh McMillan had gone out for the season in fall camp. There was sort of that that push to figure out exactly who they were going to go with because you had two true freshmen in Shane Lee and Christian Harris at the time uh, that were the starters. But Ali Cahoe and Jalen Moody and a couple other guys, they got some legitimate snaps early on in that season. Kind of spoke to the window in general at a lot of spots in this program, Brent, that if you don't catch it just right, it's on to the next spot. And with that said, I think Ali Cahoe could be a really good player for Chip Kelly and the Bruins. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you hope, and that there's some speculation out there, that they may have turned the corner to some degree. And, boy, they need to do that, Trav, because they've been awful, uh, frankly, during most of the time that – uh, Chip has been there. Now, obviously, Utah is a very good program uh, and will be one of the stalwarts uh, in in the Pac-12. But, uh, look, and, and part of UCLA's problem has been defense. So uh, he, he, he should step in there and, and give them a lot of help. Yeah, you would think he's walking into as close to a ready-made situation yeah. as he has certainly, has certainly experienced during his collegiate career to date. Let's talk some Alabama defensive line before we get out of here. Uh, I'm going to preview that position on BamaOnline.com coming up later today. And doing that piece, Brent, man, you know, with what Alabama's been able to do from a recruiting perspective in 19 and 20, and even with this most recent class, it's reminiscent in some ways of that stretch of 2013, 14, 15, when they got Jonathan Allen, they got Ashawn Robinson, they got Jaron Reed, Deshaun Hand, uh, Deron Payne. I mean, that was a stretch that set them up for really the the better part of the rest of that decade. Um, what do you see for this group? Obviously, understanding Christian Barmore moves on to the National mm-hmm. Football League. Ishmael Softscher, speaking of Pac-12 transfers, he has uh, decided to move on to Southern California uh, but again, you've got five guys who made starts between nose tackle and defensive end coming back for Freddie Roach in his second season working with that defensive line. Uh, is it is it tackle for loss and sack production that worries you, or you want to see that from this group? LeBron Ray with all the injuries uh, had some guys that have been solid, if not spectacular, yes. and at Boigby and Mathis. Is that an area where? Yeah, you know, it's next guy up as much as anything else for you. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it probably would be, but I, I think what you want to see there is um, uh, more containing the run, uh, and they basically did. For, even with the problems they had last year, when we know Ole Miss had two two of their backs, they went over a hundred yards. Uh, but but I think it would still have to be getting pressure on the quarterback. And as Saban has said. It doesn't always mean sacks, does it, Trav? It means uh, interfering with what the quarterback wants to do. But, but look, uh, Trav, I still say uh, what, what, uh, the ceiling for a guy like Tim Smith uh, coming up this year, uh, my goodness, Trav, how good could he be? He can be in that line of sort of a Quentin Williams and a Duran Payne. Absolutely. Inside guy, but not just a, a two-gapper or a – a guy that attracts double teams. He can beat double teams. Uh, he can push the pocket. He can win one-on-ones and pass rush situations. Yeah, the sky appears to be the limit for sophomore Tim Smith. And you hope for guys like LeBron Ray, it's an injury-free season coming yes. up because that's been yes. the biggest issue for LeBron Ray to this point uh, of his Alabama career. Well, Brent, as always, man, we appreciate the time spent with us. I know uh, you wanted to talk about Tom Allen a little bit up there at Indiana getting an extension of note. Uh, well, the thing I just wanted to mention is uh, that he, his pay is now around $5 million. Uh, and uh, by the way, uh, the largest contract Indiana Athletics has ever handed out. How about that, Trav? Uh, wow, but, for football. Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, and look, I want uh, two things I want to mention was that 
Um, and congratulations, Alan. I think he's a really solid coach. And people may miss this. I give Brian Fisher credit for this. The NCAA moving forward with the one-time transfers, the D1 Council will vote on a waiver to allow one-time transfers uh, at their April meeting, Trav, right after the Final Four. And if you're an Alabama fan, that's uh, Henry Toa talk to you. But even with that, it is right now, perhaps it's going to become a permanent option uh, at the NCAA level. You still have to consider the conference level, though, too, right? What is the SEC going to allow Absolutely. uh, on that front? So even if you get that with the NCAA, don't punch the ticket for Henry to Tuscaloosa just yet. Hey, Brent, appreciate it. We'll do it again next week. Look forward to it, pal. Take care. There he goes. Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News. Always a wealth of information. Always great conversation with Brent Beard. Back with more of a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. The boys from Dublin, you too, dropped this one. The Joshua Tree. Got a few hits out of that one, I'd say. Absolutely. You know, I've been to Soldier Field before up in Chicago, but not for a football game. Never seen a Bears game at Soldier Field in Chicago, but I did see you too. I think it was about three summers ago. They were doing their stadium tour in the U.S. and caught them there at Soldier Field. Tremendous 60,000 folks piled into Soldier Field. The boys opened up with Sunday Bloody Sunday. Pretty memorable. It's a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. Man, this great weather. Just loving this weather. Looking outside, Studio T right now. Perfect. Got a little tea time for later in the afternoon. I'm officially a twilight golfer at this point in the life. I'm an after three guy. You know, it's all about the early bird specials once you get past 50. Whether it's restaurants, tea times, yeah, after three golfer at this point. Looking forward to it. Also looking forward, you talk about nice weather for tonight. How about some college baseball over at the Joe? 24th ranked Alabama coming off that series win over College of Charleston. Going to host South Alabama. Only matchup between the two this season. USA coming up from Mobile. According to Rick Penley, a must-follow if you're an Alabama fan, especially where baseball is concerned. Shout-out to Rick Penley, a good pal. You can follow him on Twitter, at Slammer. At Slammer. Uh, he tells me that Alabama will be starting veteran right-hander Will Freeman tonight. Will with a very sporty... 1.17 ERA so far this season. Freeman and Connor Shamblin midweek have been really good. So you feel good about that matchup because you're probably, I would think, going to throw Shamblin tomorrow night. in Jacksonville State in here tomorrow night? The Gamecocks? Then you have Stetson coming up from DeLand, Florida. The Hatters from the A-Sun, I still believe. They used to be in the A-Sun. The Stetson Hatters. So that's your week setup for Alabama baseball. Hey, what did, uh, Jacob, what did Tua Tonga-Vailoa to piss off all these people down in Miami? I mean, 
The trials and tribulations for Tua just continue on now that Isaiah Wilson has been traded to the Dolphins. The I don't even know if you can you even call Isaiah Wilson a bust at this point. I mean, he's kind of a just incomplete. There hadn't really been anything to evaluate. I guess he's a bust from the technical sense that he essentially was a no-show in his first season as a first-round pick of Mason's Tennessee Titans. And now the Titans ship Isaiah Wilson, give him away, and just take him. Take Ike. Just take him, Dolphins. And the Dolphins already... And I believe it was three rookie starters on that offensive line at certain times last year. With Tua stepping in there at quarterback, not much in the way of playmakers at all at the skill positions. And now Tua is going to have Ike Wilson trying to help protect him? Well, we'll see. First, Isaiah's got to get on the field, right? I don't know if it's a safe bet that Isaiah Wilson will get into the first five. And if it does, poor Tua. You know, we talked about Tua being in trade talks. Maybe Tua ought to initiate trade talks with how some of this is setting up on the offensive side of the ball for the Dolphins. Now, we'll see in the draft. Dolphins have all that draft capital coming up. A couple opportunities very early in the draft to really help Tua out, assuming he's still going to be the quarterback. You know, though, again, if you're Tua, you might go to the Dolphins and say, okay, I'm, I'm good wherever you want to send me. Send me to the Montreal Alouettes. You know, Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the CFL with the way this offense is setting up. And as we told you earlier in the program, Cam Robinson. Now, Urban Meyer here in the last 30 minutes or so has addressed the media down in Jacksonville. And he has made the comments that he very much wants Cam to be a part of the big picture in Jacksonville as far as that offensive line goes. And even with the franchise tag imminent for Cam Robinson, they're still going to try to work out a long-term deal. Maybe they can get Cam on that second deal and moving ahead into his uh, fifth season in the National Football League. That's what Urban's saying publicly, at least. We'll see. Of course they want to sign Cam, but they want to sign Cam probably for 11 or $12 million a year. And Cam's thinking... I have a good year in 2021 at 14, 15 million under the franchise tag. And then I'm looking at who knows what upper teens as a left tackle in the National Football League. So we'll see how that goes with Cam Robinson as well. Going to step aside for a final break. We come back more of a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. The COVID-19 marvelous March weather continues today with a sunny sky, the high 76 clear tonight with a low at 45 tomorrow's sunny with a high at 79. Then for Thursday and Friday, partially sunny both days with warm afternoons highs between 79 and 82. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 66 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. Yeah, it's still very much mock draft season where the 2021 NFL draft is concerned. Jacob Harrison, let's talk about some mocks that matter. In other words, Mock drafters, mock analysts, mock draft analysts out there that you pay particular attention to throughout the year. Give me two, maybe 
three on your sort of power rankings of draft analysts. Who do you, who do you, who do you, who do you put credence into, Jacob? Well, Mike Mayock used to be at the top of the list before he headed off to to be the GM of the Raiders. But since he has left, uh, I stick with Daniel Jeremiah, Todd McShay. I give some some respect to uh, what what Mel Kiper does. The Godfather. But, yeah, not necessarily trusting what he says. And I also uh, stick with Matt Miller. Yeah, those aren't bad. Sure. Yeah, I mean that would that would I think most if not all those guys would make a lot of lists. Uh, DJ, I, I put a lot of uh, credit into what he does of the NFL Network. Been around a while, especially as you said with Mayock actually doing it for real now with the Raiders. DJ is really elevated into that role at the NFL Network. Daniel Jeremiah. I like a couple of guys that are a little bit off the beaten path. I'm sure Jacob being as uh, you know, passionate about the draft and the NFL in general. You know, these are a couple of guys that Jacobs are well aware of as well. I like Jordan Reed of the Draft Network and also John Ledyard, who we've had on the program, works primarily for Pewter Power, covers the Tampa Bay Bucks, but very much into the draft process himself. In fact, Jordan Reed released his 6.0 mock on, I think it was Monday, and he has, in terms of Alabama players, he has Devontae Smith going sixth overall to the Philadelphia Eagles. How about that on the heels of the comments from Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Eagles, that Jalen Hurts is the quarterback that he wants his team to build around. I think Jalen would be good with Devontae, a little reunite up there. You know, before there was... I think people forget about that 2017 season is that before there was Devontae and Tua on second and 26, there was Jalen and Devontae and Starkville in November of that 2017 season. And if that doesn't happen, there isn't a Tua to Devontae Smith. Remember Jalen hitting that slant to Devontae Smith against that house blitz that you could always count on from Todd Grantham. Tough spot. We're in a tough spot. Todd's bringing the house. Alabama beat it for a touchdown. Got the win there in Starkville. Close game that night over in Stark Vegas. Uh, Jordan has the Dolphins. Speaking of reuniting, how about Tua and Jalen Waddell down in Miami? Uh, He's got the Dolphins trading down with the Panthers. So the Panthers can go up to three. And according to Jordan Reed, take Justin Fields, the quarterback from Ohio State. Otherwise... For Jordan, where Alabama is concerned. Patrick Sertan the second to the Dallas Cowboys. That's one we've seen on some other mocks. Uh, he has Mac Jones with the obvious, obvious connection to Bill Belichick and the Patriots at 15 overall. He also has, he has Christian Barmore, another one we've seen frequently going to the Jacksonville Jaguars in that second uh, first round pick for the Jags, 25th overall. And like some other mocks we've seen, Jordan Reed has Najee Harris, number 30 overall to the Buffalo Bills. So no huge surprises there. I think some cool matchups, some cool cool pairings if they were to come to fruition. That's going to do it for a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Thanks to Jacob Harrison for producing the show. Thanks to Brent Beard for joining us. As well, the lunch whistle on this Tuesday, it is a Thai Chicken Tuesday at Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa, Government Plaza. Those Thai Chicken Pizzas starting at 6 o'clock go for just 7 bucks. You're not going to find a better pie in all of Tuscaloosa, in my opinion, and really beyond than that Thai Chicken Pizza. And tonight, starting at 6, you can have them for just 7 bucks. Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa. Government Plaza until 11 a.m. on Wednesday. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody.